1: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese.
2: and welcome
3: to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. And Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Well, while we're here in our April showers, spring May flowers mode. I noticed that Monday is May 1st and another signal that spring is here, but I know there's more to the story. So I I looked up what May Day means to people. May Day or May 1st has a long history, dating back millennials. Throughout the years, there have been many different events and festivities worldwide, most with the express purpose of welcoming and a change of The Celts in the British Isles believed that May 1st to be the most important day of the year when the festivals of uh, Beltane were held. Uh, That May Day festival was thought to divide the year in half between the light and the dark. Symbolic fire was one of the main rituals of the festival, helping to celebrate the return of life and fertility to the world. When the Romans took over the British Isles, they brought with them their five-day celebration known as Floralia, uh, which was devoted to the worship of the goddess of flowers, Flora. T- that took place between April 20th and May 2nd, and the rituals of that celebration were eventually combined. Another popular tradition of uh, May Day involved the maypole. Uh, While the exact origins of the Maypole remain unknown, the annual traditions surrounding it can be traced back to medieval times, and some are still celebrated today. Historians believe that the first Maypole dance originated as part of a fertility ritual. The Maypole never really took root in the United States, where May Day celebrations were discouraged by the Puritans. But other forms of celebration did find their way to the new world. During the 19th and 20th centuries, May Basket Day was celebrated across the country, where baskets were created with flowers and candies and other treats and hung on the doors of friends, neighbors, and loved ones on May 1st. You may ask, uh, what's the international distress called? May Day, May Day. What does that have to do with May 1st? Well, basically, it has nothing to do with May 1st. The code May Day was invented in 1923 by an airport radio officer in London, and uh, he, he was challenged to come up with a word that could be easily understood by pilots and ground staff in case of an emergency, and Frederick uh, Mockford Coined the word May Day because it sounded like Mayader, which was a shortened version of the French term for, quote, come and help me, unquote. So, and I don't know, I didn't know that in the 19th century, May Day took on a new meaning as an International Workers' Day grew out of the 19th century labor movement for workers' rights and an eight hour workday in the United States. And today, May Day is an official holiday in sixty six countries and unofficially celebrated in many more. But ironically it is rarely recognized in the country where it began, the United States of America. But there is no although there is no official holiday for us on May Day, we can still enjoy the spring flowers and the flowering trees. And even with the spring showers and we can still have our maintenance uh, chores to do. And, and sometimes this weekend, let's find some time to check on our investments and our financial plan. This week, the US stock market closed up, uh, basically, closed up basically uh, on the uniform strong earnings from the tech stocks, such as Microsoft and Alphabet and Amazon and the, the Meta platform, and uh, uh, bumper gains in the shares held the uh, standard and poor 500. It helped it move to the top of the recent range and finish the month uh, up 1.5%. That was a good surprise, uh, despite the report showing economic growth slowing and inflation still holding above uh, the forecast. And don't forget, Another uh, bank we have in the, in the uh, uh, coming forward now is First Republic, and uh, they're moving moving closer and closer to a, uh, a bank bailout. In fact, the uh, the FDIC's FDIC uh, recently requested uh, uh, bids uh, from some of your bigger banks like uh, J P Morgan and PNC. Financial to come in and submit uh, final bids for First Republic Bank, and uh, the reason for that is because the uh, the price of their stock has gone down. I think they've lost about ninety-seven percent of the value of their stock, uh, and it's basically the same characteristics as uh, what uh, uh, what destroyed. Uh, uh, the Silicon Valley Bank and the uh, and the Signature Bank and in those cases the FDIC and the Federal Reserve had to step in and rescue them. Apparently, uh, they're trying to do a different rescue on uh, on uh, First Republic. First Republic has some strange characteristics in a sense that, uh, uh, as opposed to let's say Silicon. Uh, Valley Silicon Valley uh, put most of its reserves into uh, long-term uh, U.S. treasuries, and uh, those long-term U.S. treasuries had been accumulated at a time when they had uh, uh, very low interest rates, and uh, then when they had to redeem those treasuries to pay for people who wanted their wanted to withdraw their deposits, why uh, they suffered over $2.4 billion worth of, of losses. Now, the, certainly the the long-term treasuries would have uh, held their value had they been held to maturity because the government would then give them back what they paid for them. But uh, uh, this was a case where, uh, well, the government uh, says we're going to, if it's a ten-year treasury, they're going to redeem it in ten years, and not, not beforehand. So they had to sell them in the open market, and they took a, a big hit, and that essentially ruined the bank. But in the case of uh, uh, First National, uh, First uh, Republic, First Republic, they they have a different set of uh, reserves. Their reserves are in the, uh, jumbo mortgages and and. Uh, commercial real estate mortgages and things of this nature. So, uh, you know, it would be impossible for the Federal Reserve to to pick up uh, those type of uh, of, uh, assets um, because the Federal Reserve always has to make sure that they don't take any losses on the assets that they pick up. So they're kind of restricted to uh, treasuries or or Mortgage-backed securities are backed by treasuries, but what you see, what you're going to see probably over this next week is uh, some turmoil in the banking system due to this First Republic. Uh, they basically want one of your big banks to come in there and and buy them, so the FDIC doesn't have to get involved in in paying huge uh, sums to uh, buy them out. So, uh, but that's just one of the things that uh, is uh, causing turmoil in the, uh, um, the markets. And uh, uh, when we look at the uh, uh, things that happened this week, what we see is that uh, the Department of Commerce, they published their gross domestic products. Uh, the actual report is called gross domestic product first quarter. 2023 advanced estimate. Advanced estimate means they'll they'll uh, revise that estimate several times in the future. And basically, what the report indicated was that uh, you know stagflation uh, would be one of the things that comes to mind when you first glance at the report, because basically the uh, report showed slow growth in the uh, first quarter the year and also uh, high inflation. Not as high, you know, inflation has come down, but it's still much higher than the 2% that the Federal Reserve is talking about. So basically, in the report, the Commerce Department on Thursday reported that real or inflation-adjusted gross domestic products grew, grew at 1.1% annual rate in the first quarter and that was lower than the growth in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter growth was 2.6%. And, uh, and uh, that the 1.1% growth for the, for the first quarter was below the 2% economists uh, that had been polled by the uh, Wall Street Journal had forecast. Um, and according to the Wall Street Journal article, a pair of late-breaking releases this week a new uh, benchmarking of uh, retail sales figures on Monday that pointed to softer consumer spending growth and durable goods report on Wednesday that indicated a weakening in business investment suggested that first quarter GDP could come up short. And, of course, it did come up short of the uh, economists' estimates. So uh, we'll get into those later in the show. Uh, but Thursday's report. Uh, And the GDP showed that consumer spending grew at 3.7% annual rate for the last quarter, uh, better than the fourth quarter's 1%, and business investment was a modest positive. Final sales to private domestic purchasers, which measure measure underlying demand in the economy, grew at a solid 2.9% in the first quarter after flatlining. In the fourth quarter, Uh, the biggest drag on the GDP came from uh, a swing lower in inventories and that uh, lowering of the inventories flipped 2.26% off of the growth rate. So uh, that would be a a negative for the first quarter, but uh, you could count it as a positive for uh, this quarter that we're in right now. When they total it up, it'll show a positive because hell, if you take your inventories down, you got to build them up sooner or later. So uh, even if uh, businesses uh, are merely opt to keep inventories uh, level, uh, they'll need to step up production to keep up with uh, the demand this quarter. Another potential positive for uh, current quarter GDP is the housing market, which even though it's uh, uh, still, you know, facing the headwind of uh, the uh, uh, higher uh, mortgage rates uh, uh, isn't quite as bad as it was in the fall. Indeed, according to Thursday's uh, GDP report, it shows that reduced residential investment got uh, uh, close to two-tenths of a percent out of the GDP growth in the first quarter and that was much less than the well, 1.2% that was cut for the fourth quarter and the 1.4% that was cut for the third quarter. So uh, basically the, the takeaways for the, for the uh, report were the uh, 3.7% annualized increase in consumer spending uh, reflected growth in both goods and services including a surge in purchases of motor vehicles. The services uh, uh, rose 2.3%, and that was led by health care as well as restaurants, hotels, people out spending the money that they couldn't spend when COVID was here, and also spending on goods, and the spending on goods increased 6.5% for the most in nearly two years. Business outlays for for equipment uh, they experienced the biggest drop since the start of the pandemic, with 7.3 percent annualized uh, decline, and inventories uh, uh, subtracted the most from the GDP in two years, lobbing 2.26 uh, percent off of the. Uh, on the uh, GDP. So, uh, to me, the 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 earnings reports for the uh, for the uh, high tech companies were the things that saved the uh, uh, saved the uh, uh, equities markets this week. Although there was there was uh, problems in other areas, for instance, like uh, uh, where is that? With the exception of the US global equities, we're mostly mixed this week. In the United States, the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones, uh, the Standard the Poor 500, and the NASDAQ, uh, were all up this week. And in the UK, the FTSE 100 eased down for the week, while in the European Union, Uh, Germany's DAX was up for the week, but the stock, Europe uh, 600, was down for the week. So, equities were also mixed in Asia. Japan was up. The Nikkei uh, 225 was up for the week, while China's, uh, uh, the Shanghai Composite was up for the week, while Hong Kong's Hang Seng was down. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at... uh, the Dow Jones at 34,098.16 and it was up uh, 0.86% for the week. The Standard & Poor' closed at 4,169.48 and it was up uh, 0.87% for the week and the Nasdaq closed at 12,226.58 and that was up uh, 1.28% uh, for the week. So uh, all in all, it was a good week for the United States stocks, and uh, uh, the the uh, thing that carried us through was the earnings report. So uh, one of the things that, you know, we talk about the big picture, but only in a sense of uh, it gives us some exposure to our own financial plans. and. How the big picture is affecting what we're doing in our financial plans. In our financial plan, we basically have to take a look at the uh, goals. What are our goals? What do we intend to? Uh, do we intend to um, retire? Yes. The answer is yes. Sooner or later, it's, uh, you 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 take a look at the resources that you'll have for retirement. And that generally consists of uh, maybe you'll have a pension, but the uh, pensions are few and far between except for the government employees. And uh, then you might have your, well, you'll definitely have your Social Security and then uh, uh, basically your 401k or your 403b uh, retirement desk. Uh, so, so. Uh, the question is, uh, you have to. How much? How much do you need to get through 35 years of retirement? When you retire at uh, uh, 65, uh, you probably the average life expectancy is 85, so that's at least 20 years. And then, if you're uh, taking good care of yourself, you might be up to 100. So. Um, you have to prepare for that, and then you also have to uh, take a look at all the things that are necessary in uh, meeting your goals. Uh, if you're the youngster, it's uh, getting out of school. It's a, uh, a car and a, in an apartment. Uh, sooner or later, you're going to think about uh, a family, uh, getting married, raising a family, a uh, the house, the uh, expenses, the, uh, uh, the the expenses, all those expenses necessary. And you basically look to your income in terms of your uh, salaries and say, hey, I've got to uh, set up a plan by which I uh, pay myself first and make sure that uh, a certain amount of money goes to each one of the investments that is supporting, will support in the future. My um, plan to uh, meet the uh, uh, retirement, uh, the house, uh, getting a down payment for the house, uh, the children's education, all those things, and you put them down and you just go through. Them. And uh, uh, you have to be able to make sure that you organize it so and stay on top of it. So that you're apportioning your money and and also keeping track of what you're investing in to get the returns that are necessary to uh, meet your goals in the future. So uh, this is one of those things where, as apart from the big picture, you got your uh, micro uh, picture of your goals and how you're doing, and uh, you put it together and you stay on top of it, and you make sure that it's producing uh, the way that uh, uh, you want it to produce, and uh, uh, all the things that are necessary along the way, it's, it's one thing to have a plan, but then there's all sorts of things that come up uh, during life as we live it, and uh, it basically boils down to how do you protect yourself against the unexpected, um, you do that with a life insurance or you do that with property and casualty insurance uh, You protect uh, uh, your asset in terms of the house and also to protect yourself in terms of liability due to uh, driving and, and automobiles and things of this nature. So you gotta you got to protect yourself against the unknown with the, property, and life insurance, too, and in addition to making sure that your uh, uh, financial plan, your investments, are working the way that you uh, want them to work. Okay? Uh, and uh, this is uh, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
1: Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rit Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise.
3: Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can call us our toll-free number. It's
2: 1-888-281-1110. Let's go to the phone. Hello, this is
3: Jim McAleese. How are you?
2: Hello? Hello. Good morning, Jim. How are you today? I'm fine, Andy. How are you? Um, I'm quite, um, Jim, I've been on the market for some period of time now, and I haven't got back into it. I know the market's been going up, but everything going on in the world, the bank's falling. Do you think it's a good time to go back into the market right now, or should I just hold off for a little while? Is it going to be a decline? Well, uh,
3: let's talk about uh, what could be out there. In other words, the two things that I see right now in terms of negatives are the... Uh, uh, the uh, possibility of a recession. We're still talking about that. And uh, if you recall, the uh, standard of poor 500, the standard of poor 500 uh, made a new low in, uh, I think it was the middle of June of last year and also the end of September of last year. And right now, it's, uh, it's come up from that. And it's, the question is, is it going to, if there's a recession, is it going to go down and test those lows again? The other question is uh, getting through this uh, uh, debt uh, increase with the federal government and basically what that's going to do. uh, You know, I would say that if you're in the market right now, stay in, but if you're uh, on the outside, waiting to come in, I'd wait a little longer until you get a better clarification for, for uh, uh, what's happening in in the recession, the possibility of a recession. Uh, we could go down and test those lows again. Okay? okay. Uh, yeah, one quick question, Chip. You, is investing into gold a good thing? Uh, I'm not a big believer in gold, except in small Small uh, uh, percentages, you know. Some of my clients, uh, uh, they love gold, and uh, uh, certainly we have the capability of getting them into gold, but we don't. Uh, uh, I don't, as a as a uh, usual practice, uh, put a great emphasis on gold. I do know that. Is Certainly in cases of inflation, uh, and I mean uh, real inflation, not like we're doing right now, uh, we're trying to get this inflation down to 2 or 3% and it's 5%. So uh, we're working around the edges, so to speak. It's, it's not a life or death situation. Uh, but certainly in the, uh, in the late 70s, and the 1970s, and the 19, 19, basically the start of 1980s, when inflation was up to 15%, then it was a life or death situation. And basically, at that time, uh, um, the paper assets were uh, declining in value, and, and you really wanted hard goods, and basically hard goods. Uh, said gold and uh, uh, land. So uh, those were areas that when inflation really gets bad, gold is is great there. But right now, I don't see a, a big thing for it. Gold is up, but not as up
2: as high as it's been before. So, so in other does words, question. Oh, Go in other words, when it gets down to about three, two to three percent, get back in the market. Then is a the landmark. Go right, ahead, say that again. Two to three percent of what? Yeah, I mean, they said about five percent right now, but I went to the market down about two to three percent to get back in again. Uh,
3: I just keep my eye on the uh, uh, on inflation, the banking system, and uh, uh, the recession. I would keep my eye on the recession most of all. Okay, sir. And, and see if, if uh, we get through that. Now, certainly, if you're in the market already. Uh, the there's uh, noise jumping out and, I'm, I'm i've been out of the market okay so uh, been in cash for uh, okay so uh if you're in cash one thing you can do is uh, uh go into uh, uh, basically long term bonds right
2: now or t
3: or something like that
2: i have uh, i have the assets in i r a Oh, I say that again. I have. I have assets in the IRA.
3: Okay. All right. And uh, so, if you have access to uh, uh, the, the bonds, the bond part of the portfolio is basically in less danger than the the stock part is right now, in terms of saying, okay, the the Federal Reserve is basically. Uh, Done its heavy lifting so far. In other words, it's gone from less than a quarter of a percent to five percent. It'll probably you know, Wednesday of next week. You'll hear that it's gone to five and a quarter percent. They'll have raised it a quarter of a percent, and then the consensus is that one one scenario is that uh, they'll raise it a quarter of a percent on Wednesday, and then they'll uh, Uh, keep it constant there for a while. Another scenario is that uh, they'll uh, uh, raise it a quarter of a percent in May and then another quarter of a percent in June uh, and then uh, keep it constant from then on. Uh, So both of those are two scenarios we're going to see and it basically means that the, the Federal Reserve it will be done increasing the interest rates. The Federal Reserve is done increasing the interest rates. That's good for the bond uh, market, and uh, then you can start to take a look at long-term bonds. Uh, again, with regard to the stocks, the stocks. Uh, the, stocks uh, uh, the two scenarios with regard to the uh, stock market is that basically we're 5% inflation. Hopefully, we're going to go down to 3%, and, uh, and at that point, there'll be a great discussion about uh, is, two th- is 2% two or 3% the target uh, for victory, and at that point, then we'll start talking about uh, 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 declaring victory, beginning to... Uh, you know, keep it constant for a while and then begin to lower, uh, the interest rates. That's one scenario. The other scenario is what I talked about is that there could be a recession, uh, before you get to that, uh, uh, that two or 3% uh, inflation number. If you get, if there's a recession in there, then, uh, Uh, What you're going to see is that recession is going to result in more unemployment, less spending, less earnings. The stocks will go down. the The Federal Reserve will immediately change its playbook. From right now, it's increasing rates. It'll switch them over to uh, decreasing rates, figuring that the recession will take care of the inflation. It has to get the. uh, It has to attack the. recession at that particular point, but lowering the rates won't have the same effect on the stocks uh, in a recession as it would have if we had the soft landing uh, scenario. Okay?
2: Yes, sir. Thank you for your time. I appreciate your help. Okay. Have a great day. Give us us a call again sometime in the future. Thank Thank you very much. You have a good day now.
3: Bye-bye. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow you can give us a call over our toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110 Stay tuned, I'll be right back
0: I saw her sitting in the rain Raindrops falling on her She didn't seem to care She sat there and smiled at me I knew, I knew, I knew
3: she could make me okay welcome back to get rich flow this is Rose this morning Jim McAleese. and one of the things we uh, found out this week was uh, uh, the uh, um, the uh, in, the inflation numbers as using one of the uh, uh, the um, inflation gauges that the Federal Reserve has the most confidence in, and that is the personal consumption, personal consumption expenditure index. And uh, uh, basically, the Department of uh, Commerce put out their personal income and outlays report for March, and uh, uh, the U.S. household showed it U.S. household spending was essentially flat. In March, even as uh, personal income rose three-tenths of a percent in March from February. And according to the U.S. Department of Commerce, in their personal income and outlays for March of 2023, uh, spending by U.S. households was almost flat with the increase of uh, $8.2 billion dollars and that was basically less than one-tenth of one percent, so it's considered to be zero. Uh, they also uh, uh, revised household spending in February. They, re- they revised it from an increase of two-tenths of a percent to one-tenth of a percent. That was the spending, household spending in February. And basically what you saw was that uh, households got spending on goods last month and increased spending slightly on services. And the uh, the economy has been showing signs of cooling in response to the Fed's efforts to combat inflation. In the past year, the central bank uh, ran up uh, a very rapid series of increases, the most rapid since 1980s, and they were uh, raising their federal funds rate from uh, about one quarter of a percent to five percent in 2022. So uh, the federal federal funds rates now stand at a high of uh, five percent. Uh, they're, they, they're that grew between four and three quarters and five percent, and uh, the expectations uh, probably ninety percent probability. That they'll increase it another quarter of a percent, so that uh, on the on Wednesday of next week, so that the federal funds rate on the high point will be five and a quarter percent. And uh, recent data indicates consumers are shifting uh, their spending back into services, which includes uh, dining out, travel, rent after. A big increase in good purchases early in the pandemic. Uh, the increase in demand is being met by higher prices as service providers are raising wages and facing uh, rising costs for supplies. So, what you're seeing here is that if I take a look at uh, how much personal income has uh, increased uh, since it started the year in January, personal Income increased to $131.1 billion, or six-tenths of 1%. In February, it increased $72.98 billion, and, or three-tenths of 1%. And in March, it increased $67.9 billion, or approximately three-tenths of 1%. Now, if you take a look at how much we're spending... In terms of the personal consumption expenditure in January, uh, the addition was $312.5 billion, and that was an increase of two points, 2.0%. But then in February, that $312 billion went down to $27.9 billion, and that represented an increase of only two-tenths of 1%. So, from uh, January to February, the personal consumption expenditures went from 2% per month down to two-tenths of a percent. And then in March, uh, the personal consumption expenditures were at $8.2 billion, and uh, that was basically considered to be flat. Uh, it was less than one-tenth of a percent. So. Uh, what we're seeing is that consumer spending is almost flat. Spending on durable manufactured goods is down nine tenths of a one percent in March and February as uh, uh <clears throat> as there's softer demand in hard goods and uh, bigger uh ticket items. So the cars, houses are down, uh spending on uh a non-durable manufacturing good is down a tenths of a percent and consistent with moderation in the energy costs and spending for what's spending for services is up four-tenths of a percent. Uh, so basically what you're seeing there is that uh, uh, personal income for March increased uh, three-tenths of one percent from uh, February but uh, personal consumption expenditures was flat in March uh, from February. So uh, if you take a look at the real uh, purchases of goods and services, where we do take into account inflation, what we see is personal consumption expenditures uh, for March were zero uh, goods, uh, uh, Spending went down four tenths of a percent. Durable goods spending went down eight tenths of a percent. Non-durable um, goods went down one tenth of a percent, and services went up one tenth of a percent. So, the 8.2 billion dollar increase in current dollar uh, uh, personal consumption expenditure in March reflects a 44.9 billion dollar increase in spending for services that was partly offset by a $36.7 billion decrease in spending for goods. And within the goods category, uh, the decrease was led by motor vehicles and parts and gasoline and other energy goods. And within the service categories, uh, the largest contributors to the increase we spending for housing and utilities and health care services. So uh, what you saw uh, last month, uh, what you saw in, in uh, March, uh, was basically personal savings uh, amounted to 50-point... Uh, personal savings increased $50.3 billion in March and personal savings rate... Uh, as a percentage of disposable personal income was 5.1%. And the, uh, if you take a look into the accounts, uh, total personal savings uh, amount in March amounted to about uh, a little over $1 trillion. Uh, the personal consumption expenditure price index and the Federal Reserve's uh, preferred gauge of inflation It rose uh, 4.2% in March from a year earlier, and that was after increasing uh, 5.0% in February. And the core uh, personal consumption expenditure price index, which captures underlying inflation uh, after removing volatile food and energy prices, that rose 4.6% in uh, March from a year earlier and that compares with uh, 4.6% in February. So the central bank aims for basically 2%. uh, On a month-to-month basis, the uh, personal consumption expenditure rose uh, uh, one-tenth of 1% in March and from the prior month, and in the prior month, it had risen three-tenths of a percent, and the uh, uh, core uh, prices, where we neglect uh, food and energy, uh, that increased three tenths of a percent in March from the previous month, and it was up three tenths of a percent uh, increase also in uh, February. So uh, the uh, <clears throat> the consumer price index values track inflation. Every month, and the primary difference between the uh, the uh, personal consumption expenditure and the, and the consumer price index uh, is that in, uh, the consumer price index has more shelter uh, effects, and also uh, uh, medical, uh, you know, is, is included too. And the other, the personal consumption expenditure has less shelter effects, and uh, it has medical insurance uh, numbers in there, too. So uh, what you're seeing is that the latest uh, numbers for March, the personal consumption expenditures uh, increased, personal consumption expenditure increased one-tenth of one percent in one month in March and increased 4.2 percent over the 12-month period ending in March, and then if you take a look at the core uh, personal consumption expenditure where you eliminate uh, food and fuel, it increased three-tenths of a percent in uh, March from uh, uh, February, and it also increased uh, 4.6% in, uh, over the last 12 months. For the core, now, if you compare that to the consumer price index, what you see is that the consumer price index uh, in, in increased one tenth of a percent in March from February, and increased five percent uh, over a twelve-month period ending in March. And if you take away the food and fuel, you end up with a core CPI. Which increased four tenths of percent in March from uh, uh, February, and increased five point six percent year over year. Uh, So basically, uh, the the personal consumption expenditure uh, price index is always, basically, always a little lower than the uh, uh, the CPI numbers. So the CPI numbers right now uh, stand at uh, 5% inflation over the last 12 months, whereas the, the uh, personal consumption expenditure shows 4.2% over the last uh, uh, 12 months. So uh, hopefully we're moving down. Well, we are moving down. Uh, originally, those numbers looked like 9.1% in June of last year. Now they're down to um, 5% on the uh, consumer price index for, for for a 12-month period and 4.2% for the uh, personal consumption expenditure. So uh, with regard to the uh, – uh, oh, let's take a break. This is uh, Jim McAleese. Uh, we're uh, talking about uh, what happened in, the, uh, in the, the economy this week and then the finances this week. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 281 1110 Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. Uh,
1: Hi, Jim. It's Colleen. Hello, Colleen. Hi. We had a call while you were wrapping up um, your assessment. It was from Stacy, who happens to be single. And she wants to know how should she go about starting Um, planning for her social security benefits. Okay.
3: Uh, For single people, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Your benefits are based upon your average uh, lifetime earnings and uh, the age when you claim them. So um, you really don't have that much, well, you do have a lot of control over your average lifetime earnings and and over what you make in a particular year, but the rest is history, and when you play, uh, when you claim them as uh, your decision, if you claim at, uh, say, your full retirement age, uh, which, uh, generally speaking, is the age uh, uh, sixty-seven, uh, you get one hundred percent of your benefits that you worked so hard for and paid so much for in the form of uh, of uh, uh, payroll or FICA taxes, and you can keep your benefits even if you, you can claim your benefits and you can keep your benefits, get your benefits even if you continue to work. But if you claim benefits early, let's say at age 62, uh, not only will you take a 30% haircut for your benefits for the rest of your life because you claim five years early, but if you if you continue to work, you're going to get another reduction. If you earn too much money, and in 2023, too much money is about 21,000 dollars a year. So for single people, it would, I would encourage uh, encourage you, uh, Stacy, to uh, keep working and, and wait until at least your full retirement age. To claim benefits, and that's that's typically true for most of my clients. They'll wait till full retirement age, and uh, because they don't want to be, uh, uh, they don't want to lose those benefits. Plus, they don't want to be living under some sort of a ceiling in terms of what they can make after they retire. And, uh, and uh, now, if you were to go for a bigger benefit, you could wait until. Age 70, and for every year you delay claiming benefits beyond your full retirement age until age 70, you get an extra 8%. So, if your full retirement age is 67, you claim at 70, you get an extra 24% increase in benefits basically for the rest of your life. So, uh, so if you really need the money, but uh, uh, also, if your health isn't all that great, then you could claim early, or you can you can claim uh, at full retirement age. Uh, it's a very personal decision. You could go for seventy. Most people don't go for eight seventy because uh, they uh, uh, they don't know when they're going to die. And if you're giving up the benefits, uh, you have to live probably till eighty years old in order to. Play, reclaim those benefits that you gave up, waiting till age seventy. So it's a personal decision. So, and, and you know, and uh, for single people, and if you're concerned with something that might happen to your health or an accident that uh, you might not get to, to seventy to claim the big benefits, they might want to claim at full retirement age. And uh, but before you make any decisions. What you should do when you're in this planning phase is go down to the uh, Social Security office, uh, give them a call, set up an appointment, go down there, talk to them, and they've got all the information about your past earnings and your uh, options and what you can do and when you can do it. So you you can get uh, uh, the latest idea of what your uh, what you'll be getting. If you go early, what you'll be getting if, if there's a benefit. If you uh, go to full retirement and what you and, and what you'll get for uh, uh, if you go till seventy or sixty nine or sixty eight or something like that, you can break it down in years. They, they they got all the information. They can just at a keystroke uh, give you those numbers. So, um,
1: Jim, can down I down. can I jump in for a second? I just wanted to to share that I got that information mailed to my house this week. So Mm -hmm. it was a breakdown um, from Social Security of when I retire and what I would earn on a monthly basis. So it was really Mm -hmm. interesting to see.
3: Mm -hmm. Yep. And you got this way, you got something, uh, documentation in your hand. And if you want finer documentation, you can go down there and talk to them and say, hey, if I retire at 62, 63, 64, 65, what are my benefits? And you could go right down through and and actually end up with numbers for each one of those years that you might retire. Okay, thank you. Thank you you very much. And this is Jim McAleese. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Monday is uh, the first day of May, and the month of May brings new beginnings, full of hope of what's to come, and uh, with that in mind, may we find happiness in every direction your path takes you. May you never lose your sense of wonder, and may you hold on to your sense of humor you use to brighten the lives of everyone who knows you. May you go beyond the ordinary steps and discover extraordinary results. May you never forget how wonderful you are. May you always be be patient with the problems of life and know that any clouds will eventually give way to the sunshine. May you be rewarded with friendships and uh, get better and better and with love that blesses your life forever. May you meet every challenge you're faced with and recognize every golden opportunity and be blessed with the knowledge that you have the ability to make every day special. May you have enough material wealth to meet your needs while never forgetting the real treasures of life, other loved ones and friends. And may you search for serenity and discover that it was in you all the time. And may you always remember every step along the way, you are loved more than words can ever begin to say. Until we meet again next week, may God protect you and keep you safe.
1: You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090 where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more Common Sense Finance Strategies. For financial winners...